0: You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Let them go. Part 2. The Thing Outside Chapter 6. Hypothesis There was a brief, absurd moment while everybody checked themselves. To all of them, for that short span, it seemed like they had just come indoors after inclement weather, and Amanda had cut her arm on a sharp croquet hoop or something similarly mundane. Perhaps a dog belonging to a neighbour had chased them around the garden, all in good fun, of course. It was merely excited. These were fleeting constructs as their minds attempted to make sense of the experience. Within another moment, Amanda had let out a whimper and was holding up her arm to inspect the grisly damage.
1: We have to get that cleaned,
0: said Rafe, steadying himself. This decisiveness brought all of them a tiny burst of confidence. Cleo and Dawson emerged from the drawing room, their faces aghast.
2: I thought you were murdering one another. It, it sounded like the most appalling racket. What What's happened?
1: Cleo, do you have medical items in the house? Rafe
0: crossed to his wife to hold her as she shook with fright.
1: Amanda's been bitten by some sort of wild animal in the garden.
0: Cleo moved quicker than either sister had seen her in years to inspect her niece's wound before disappearing off into the kitchen.
2: Hold that arm aloft,
0: she called over her shoulder.
2: What kind of animal? It was a man.
3: See for yourself.
0: Rebecca gestured to the nearby front window. Dawson peered out, frowning as he strained his vision in the failing light.
4: No, there's nobody there.
3: Well, we didn't imagine him.
0: I'm not saying you did. Dawson crossed to the bag he had set down an hour before, and retrieved a newspaper.
4: I got this at the station. An article caught my eye, but I didn't read it until... Ah, here we are. A patient escaped two nights ago from Cornwall County Asylum in Bodmin. A Mr. Pierce Cavendish... "'hailing originally from Penzance until he went plum loco, poor fellow. "'It says he can be quite dangerous, and if he's spotted on the moors, "'we must tell a policeman who'll alert the proper authorities "'to come and fetch Mr Cavendish. "'Says here brown beard? "'Yes. five foot six. "'We
1: couldn't tell. He never stood fully upright. "'But at a pinch, I'd say yes. "'And blue eyes?'
5: "'No,'
0: said Amanda, wincing as Rafe examined her raw laceration.' "'cleaning away scraps of dirt with his cuff.
5: "'His eyes were orange. "'That I remember most strongly.
4: "'Trick of the light. "'It was sunset, he was attacking you, poor thing. "'And it's almost certain he had blue eyes. "'This is an escaped lunatic, "'and we must simply ignore him "'and wait for the fellow to move on.'
0: "'Rafe helped Amanda to sit down "'in one of the faded velvet chairs "'in the adjoining parlour "'as Rebecca moved to the kitchen, "'passing Cleo, who was carrying a basin.' iodine, bandages, and safety pins. They exchanged looks, and Rebecca noted Cleo had shut and locked the back door, which was thankfully the mirror of the front in terms of sturdiness. In kind, Rebecca closed the kitchen curtains and proceeded to do the same around the rest of the ground floor. She had been perturbed by the disappearance from the doorway of whatever was out there, and traced the perimeter of the house peering out of each window before it was covered up in an attempt to pinpoint where he might be now. There was no sign, which got her thinking. All right. Cleo rolled up her sleeves and began to examine Amanda's bite.
2: Hold steady while I dress this.
0: I can attend
1: to her, Cleo.
2: Have you been in the role of medic in the past, Mr. Culver?
1: No, but I've seen many men attended to.
2: Well, I've been the one doing the attending. I can see to my niece... There are other tasks that require your attention.
1: Yes, Mom, Rafe said
0: quickly, after exchanging a glance and a nod with Amanda. He then turned to Rebecca, who had begun lighting the available candles and oil lamps.
1: Where did this fellow
0: come from?
3: Perhaps he was hiding at the Stacy farm. Is it still
2: abandoned? As far as I know.
0: Cleo said, swiftly applying disinfectant to
1: tender flesh. Well, he's violent, we can be sure of that. Do you have a gun in the house?
2: Yes, uh, M- Matthew's shotgun. It's it's in the cellar.
1: Let's go and get that together, then. have a decent enough aim, so we'll be amply defended.
0: Cleo fastened the bandage, patted it, and kissed Amanda on the forehead, before turning towards the cellar. Rafe followed her down the stone steps at her labored pace. Rebecca moved to the upstairs floor and began to close the curtains and secure the windows there, gazing out into the sinking sun trying to spot the movement of something in the now-darkened gardens. Everything was still. Even the birds had fallen silent. When she returned to the lower floor, Rafe was loading the long black double-barreled shotgun that Rebecca vividly recollected Uncle Matthew leaving the house with on occasion, always coming back bearing a brace of rabbits or a game bird. Cleo had fetched every shell she could find and laid them on the table upon a two-tiered cake stand.
2: There are different kinds. I I, I know that much.
1: These are birdshot, qualified Rafe, holding up one of the yellow cartridges. They won't kill a man, but they will certainly give him pause for thought.
2: I don't even know if they'll work. It, It hasn't been fired for a few years.
1: I'll have to eject and swap them out fairly fast. I may need some help. I'll hold them. These are buckshot, he
0: continued pointing to the five red cartridges arranged at the top tier of the cake stand.
1: They'll do more damage. That's if we have to kill him.
0: He loaded two into the barrel of the
4: gun and hung it over the crook of his arm.
2: You're not going to start with the birdshot? Maybe send him running?
4: No. Most likely, Culver won't have to let off the gun at all.
0: Piped up Dawson from the corner, lighting his pipe.
4: This man hasn't shown his face in half an hour. He's probably moved on already. All the same, I'm glad we have this.
1: He tapped the metal barrel of the shotgun.
4: An escaped lunatic. How exciting. Something to tell the old boy is down at the club. I don't think that's what he is,
0: said Amanda. They turned. Her bandaged forearm was resting in her lap as she sat in her chair, reading Dawson's newspaper intently. She turned to an article and held it up for everyone to see.
5: Panic at Calais? On Monday afternoon, the French port was partially closed off due to an occurrence of what may have been Egyptian rabies.
0: The words travelled around the room like the sharp, sudden aroma of rotting meat, ruffling
4: everyone to different extents. Egyptian rabies. That's the province of far-off dusty, fly-blown places with unpronounceable names and gorilla kings. Like leprosy or hookworm. This isn't the Dark Continent, this is the British Isles.
0: Amanda was glaring at Dawson, trembling, and Rebecca realised on the spot that both of them were hoping he was right.
4: You go and have a little light down, young lady. You've had a big scare, and this outlandish story isn't helping.
0: Dawson stood up and went to take the newspaper, but Amanda pulled it away. Rebecca intercepted and got the younger woman to her feet.
3: I'll take care of her, Mr. Dawson. You sit back down.
0: She helped her sister up the stairs, or at least tried to. Amanda shook off Rebecca's hands and walked as steadily as she could from the room.
1: I'll be up momentarily,
0: said Rafe. His wife regarded him strangely from beside the stairwell newel post. Something unreadable in her eyes... But she nodded all the same, and began her ascent. As they entered the master bedroom, memories came flooding back to Rebecca. This had been the sleeping quarters of their aunt and uncle, and they had only been permitted inside a few times. There was the writing desk the demander had used to pen her Christmas thank-you letters, and the sash window they had leaned way too far out of. The bedside table with the chocolates that they had found and nibbled around the edges of like tiny mice, and the four-poster bed with those soft, luxurious sheets they had tumbled in before being asked not to. Rebecca also found her eye drawn to the chair in the corner, which Tim had sat down too hard on, and whose internal lining had ripped. He was such a slight boy that even at the time, Rebecca had wondered what sort of person the chair was designed for. The upholstery, she noted, had been replaced with a single, large cushion that she supposed would not support anyone at all, and would, if sat upon, collapse like an impractical joke. She turned to Amanda as her sister unbuttoned and removed her shoes, before leaping into the bed and digging her feet down under the covers. She had a wistful look upon her face, but also grimaced in pain, and held a cool pillow to her forehead.
5: Does it still feel good to lie in? Wonderful. Becky, can you ask Aunt Cleo if she has something for headaches? I've got one right now that could knock down a charging ball.
0: Amanda slid her legs around under the covers, attempting to get comfortable whilst enjoying the sensations on her stockinged skin.
3: I'll see what she has.
0: Rebecca picked her way back downstairs, passing Rafe wordlessly as she went. Cleo had no salicylic acid, so Rebecca retrieved a brown glass bottle of laudanum, the only available substance for dealing with pain. Upon her return, she paused outside the room, hearing low voices and Amanda crying. She backed up respectfully and took a seat in the hall. Her nostrils, irritated by the pervasive odour of Dawson's pipe, wafting up the stairs towards her. Inside, Rafe was cradling Amanda as she wept.
5: Thank you for not saying it's just a little bite.
1: I would never dream of patronizing you so. We have to treat this seriously.
5: When you were a soldier, how did you manage to keep being brave?
1: Men are expected to be brave. It's our birthright.
5: (laughs) That sounds more like an obligation than a right.
1: I was surrounded by other men and while we were given to grumble and complain about our conditions it was not the done thing to discuss one's fears
5: But I'm asking you to discuss them with me now I keep having little bursts of bravery and I feel like I can cope with whatever happens but, but they don't last
0: She drew back from him and
1: studied his face
5: So how do you sustain it?
1: There's a switch inside. Pushing it keeps me focused on what I have to do, and I know sometimes that if I let it switch back, I'm going to break down altogether. I promise myself I'll do that when I'm safe, and the men around me are safe. And I can be alone and fall to pieces without anybody coming to harm. He held her hands. So you fall to pieces all you want as soon as I leave you alone. Because I'm going to protect you, and everyone else. I promise.
5: Cross your heart.
1: And hope to die.
0: Rafe eventually emerged, looking pale,
1: and stood by Rebecca. We have to decide what's to be done.
3: Hold on. Let me just give her this medicine and I'll be back out to help. What is it? Laudanum.
1: At this, Rafe's expression became even more grave. That is serious stuff, Rebecca.
3: We used to sell it over the counter.
1: Two teaspoons full, then. And get some... Honey? Rebecca held up the accompanying jar and spoons. I forgot who I was talking to.
0: Rafe smiled. There was no mirth in it, but Rebecca saw both worry and trust. He headed off towards the stairs, and she went on through to her sister, who beamed up, wiping away tears.
5: We really think this is Egyptian rabies. You saw the paper,
0: Rebecca countered. Measuring out the medicine.
3: An escaped lunatic from Bodmin Moor. He fits the description of
5: Cavendish. You can't debate that likelihood. Oh, Rebecca.
0: Amanda sighed, gulping down the serum and making a face.
5: I never said he didn't start out as an escaped lunatic. Must I be the only one with a vast and fertile imagination? You are an astonishingly modest little thing.
0: Rebecca retorted. She added the spoonful of honey, which Amanda gulped down gratefully.
3: Well, you aren't to worry yourself any further. Your dear husband has it all together and he's nobody's fool. Rafe has survived all sorts of terrible conflicts we could never imagine. I'd want nobody else protecting me.
0: Amanda's face creased as tears threatened to intrude again.
5: (sighs) Get out.
0: Rebecca was quite taken aback and there was a long pause.
3: I'm going to go back downstairs. Just call us if you need anything, my darling.
0: She said, attempting to act as though Amanda's words had matched her tone. In the hallway outside, Rebecca suppressed a shudder. You have been listening to the New Century Multiverse, Let Them Go, Episode 6, Hypothesis. Written, narrated, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Rebecca Wolverton, performed by Sharon Shaw. Amanda Culver, performed by Theo Lee. Rafe Culver, performed by Spencer Lieb. Burwell Dawson, performed by Matt Ramsey. Cleo Spencer, performed by Loretta Saylor. Reverie composed and performed by Ross Bugden Constance The Chamber and Vanishing composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio The production of New Century is funded by you guys on Patreon and our special $15 sponsors get name checked every week so a huge extra big thank you to Joel Robinson Abel Savard Runelord Furionel Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Sarah Montgomery, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, James Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, David Garcia Abril, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. <laughs> We shall see you all next week when someone decides what's to be done.